everyone. It's been like a week, but I'm back with another special guest. Hello. It is my fourth housemate who I've had on the podcast. Yeah, it's me. It's 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 Lane. It's Lane. Uh, Lane. I. I was just telling Matt, I am a podcast uh, virgin, so to speak. Yes. Matt has agreed, though, to go very, um, very nicely on yes. me, though. Yes. Just so that I don't, you know, I'm just very nervous. You yeah. Know? Lane's, just, Lane's very nervous. Just like all virgins are. About, you about know. popping his <laughs> podcast cherry. But we're excited to, to do this. <laughs> As you can tell, Lane and I have pretty giggly interactions. Hello, hello, Matt. <laughs> hello, Matthew. But um, here we are. It's nine forty-two p.m. Mm. on a Tuesday, and yeah, Matt is here to talk to you about why he decided to make bad life decisions, such as becoming a vegan, <laughs> so. and then not being a vegan anymore, and then kind of doing it all over again, yeah. and not doing it anymore. Again. I promise, I won't mention that you did have a. Um, a uh, a pig in the blanket while you were technically <laughs> a vegan. That and was what? That was like a year into That was about a year ago, Austin. Yeah. I had made pigs in a blanket and Austin um, said, dude, you've got to try this pigs in a blanket. It's probably the best pigs in a blanket I've ever had. Something along those lines. Yeah, and I'd never had a pig in a blanket before. I, I, we won't go into the details of what goes into a hot dog, match. Yes, so, I know. Just so you can hold up your reputation. But it's, it's not like I was eating them for 20 years of my life beforehand. You know? I don't know. Did you dip it into that terrible sauce known as ketchup? No, I did not. Because we don't want to know what goes into <laughs> that either. Matt's actually kind of been helping me try to think of better ways to eat. Yeah, which is good. It's probably not the best time to tell you that I had two burgers from Cuban <laughs> Burger tonight, and that's really not going to help my weight loss. <laughs> no, it's it's probably not. But um, we always have room for mistakes. We yeah. always have room to not be within the plan. Like, sometimes I stay yeah. up until 2.40 a.m. Really? You stay up until 2.40 a.m.? Sometimes. I don't believe Very rare occasions. I've lived next to you for two years, and you go to bed at te- like 10 every yeah, night. I pretty much do. Wake up at 4, which no, basically means I wake up at 4 or yeah. 5. Yeah, yeah for, for a brief moment, <laughs> well, versus we, I'm up permanently. Well, it's really weird because they designed the house to have um, two bathrooms in one room, and then yeah. this room doesn't have a bathroom. Yeah. Where so I mean, when I first moved in, I was really psyched because I was like, ah, oh, yes, I don't have to share a bathroom with James. He's, you know... He's really not unsanitary. Well, he's a tad unsanitary, you know. Um, James has been on the podcast. James is unsanitary. Good. We can put that. Uh, there. James is unsanitary. There are some things that you do that are a little bit more disgusting. I think it comes with you being a like vegan. Not eating meat. Well, it's yeah, not, not eating meat, and I think it really uh, affects your uh, the smells of your room. Uh, Lane was talking about my my bout with some not so good smelling farts recently but recently that's okay <laughs> uh, there was a good two three week period where it's, everyone did not like me in the house is it not still going on no it's I not feel going like on this anymore has been an ongoing it was really happening when i was eating a combination of broccoli with soy sauce well that seemed to really do me broccoli in. and, and then when sauce. i stopped eating that combination i started to do okay again okay huh yeah. I didn't know that there was like a root cause. I just thought it was because you're a That's my vegan. assumed root cause. Well, I was going to it's say. It's not just because I'm a I was going to advise you never to run um, is run for a political office because you know, if you're ever in a debate and you just you know, rip one loose, <laughs> you're going to clear out all your voters. So, <laughs> But mine tended to be silent, so the people on TV wouldn't know. 
Yeah. Silent but deadly. You're yeah. right. Yeah. I guess that's where the term comes from. Yeah, I guess so. Well, Matt, I, I'm on here to talk to you about something that isn't important at all, at least not according to the Trump administration. I don't want to make it political, um, but they are trying to take $7.1 billion from the education department sure. so, yeah. to build, uh, what was it, uh, a ditch a ditch, yeah. A ditch, yeah. yeah. A Something ditch right across the border. Right. Goes yeah. down so that when the the illegal immigrants try to cross, they just fall. Yes, they fall in and then they cannot come out. Well, it's harder to build a bridge than to build a ladder. So, yeah. But we're talking, of course, about um, education. Yes, we're going to talk about education. Um, but first, before we talk about education, okay. I want people to have context on who you are. Oh, where yeah. you come from. Like, who is... Lane Rickabaugh. Oh, and if yeah. someone to were to create a comic book of the tales of Lane Rickabaugh, mm-hmm. what would be the big events in your life up to this point which would be included in that comic book? Oh, gosh. Well, if someone out there wants to make a comic book of me, I'm very flattered. My name's I'm interested. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I, uh, my name's Lane Rickabaugh. I... Shoot, where do I start? I mean, I was... I was born, uh, obviously. I lived in Richmond until I was about seven. My dad had this nice six-figure job, and so I had a nice six-figure life with a stay-at-home mom that would read to me every day. And I grew smarter every day. My dad was called into ministry. Um, he, I don't know what caused him to feel led into ministry, but as the story goes, he went down to Duke Divinity School um, to check it out to see if this calling was worth anything. And on his way away from Duke Divinity School, there was this sign that said, uh, God wants Mark. And it even spelled his name right because it's spelled with a, a C. So it couldn't be referring to the, uh, the chapter in the Bible. So um, based on that billboard and his feeling, I became a pastor's kid. And that pretty much affected the rest of my life. For those of you that don't know, um, Methodist ministers and their families, they move they move every three to four years, sometimes every two well, years. And so after four years down in North Carolina in a random place called Saxbaha. Um, Saxbaha? Like Rickaba? Is it not? Sax- <laughs> you know, I've, actually, uh-huh, I've actually never rhymed with this before. It, it's, it's a little mill village. It's in the middle of nowhere. There are actually quite a few crimes that happen there. Evacuations, <laughs> helicopters, some guy in the wood. Anyways, I'm getting off topic. Um, so he, we were down there for four years. They were really great years. I mean, I was out in the country. I got to hang out with uh, my sisters. Those were really my best friends growing up because I didn't have any neighbors. And uh, I mean, yeah. Just hung out there, and then I moved from probably the exact opposite of out in the middle of nowhere to Williamsburg, mm-hmm. Virginia, after that, to a very large church. Um, I guess as the comic book would go, I did not have a very good middle school life. Yeah, as most people. As most people. Um, I was I was very hyper. I still am. Yes. I am what they call adhud. Or ADHD. <laughs> I'm adhood. No one calls it adhood but me, but it's ADHD. And uh, the kids in middle school didn't like that. And so, yeah, you got bullied. And it made me very socially uh, scared. But, hey, now I'm on a podcast. So Matt's, <laughs> there, Matt, there Matt's, Matt's my circle. therapist. So, um, 
But, you know, then I moved uh, to Chesapeake. I met my girlfriend um, there in high school. And then I moved to Charlottesville. And that was the last place my dad was a minister before he decided to go back into being a CPA. Mm. Um, to make six figures again to help get me through college. Wow. Um, yeah, I did theater. So, and I used to be able to sing. I'm not on here to sing. I'll spare you guys that. You still sing, uh, though. I do still sing. We sing together with Austin. We, um, well, it depends on what, we we sing, um, what is it? Uh, the Lion Sleeps Tonight. I know, I can get Austin started and go, <laughs> we, 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 And then you always hear Matt in the background going, wingo, wingo. Yeah, that's so, true. That's yeah, true. but, um, we do that a couple of times, but, um, yeah. I guess if you were to do a comic book of me, just show a kid that's moving around and struggling in school, and then well, I can't give away what uh, what I turn into in the end, at least not until I graduate, but uh, not yet. let's just say that it's doggone brilliant, so <laughs> that was really bad. <laughs> if you can cut that out, <laughs> that'd be great. <laughs> Lane. Um, there are no cuts. <laughs> great, you know. But um, yeah. yeah, that's interesting. You there have certainly been a lot of uh, interesting steps along the way. Yeah, but, well, it's but, made me very sympathetic, you know. Sure. If, in terms of education and kids, uh-huh. I will say, as a kid, I had a lot of really great role models for teaching and hanging out with kids. I I had a a high school guy who hung out with me when I was a kid, and he was kind of my role model. He, he did. Eventually, though, unfortunately, he did die from drugs. So I guess I didn't see that side when I was a kid, but, you know, sure. we had a lot of fun with him. And then my mom's a teacher, so, mm-hmm. no, I have that. Sorry. Yeah, that's crazy. That's, that must have hit hard. Well, yeah, well, when I entered sixth grade in middle school, I found out that this guy had, you know, overdosed on drugs. Yeah. And um, we went down for his funeral. It was really all really surreal at the time, mm-hmm. but... Um, I mean, shoot, it's been about 10 years now, I guess. Yeah. It's been a long time. But, um, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's weird losing a role model like that, especially when you're young. Yeah, really so. young, and, like, especially in those circumstances, it's probably hard to, like, come to terms with and actually understand mm-hmm. what it all really means. Well, yeah, and, well, I've never touched drugs because of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. You know, yeah. because when I, you know, when you hear that somebody that you look up to is killed by something. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the last thing that you want to touch after that. Sure. And that's coming from a rebellious, you know, PK. PKs, yeah. pastors, kids, the majority of them are, are pretty rebellious. But, <laughs> you know, I guess that was uh, Seth. That was his name. Mm-hmm. Looking out for me one more time, I guess, in a, in a very sad, morbid way, I guess. Sure. That's a really weird way to put it. But it's a, like an optimistic way to see it. You know, yeah, I think well, that's probably a good way to look at it versus all of the other alternatives to look at it. Yeah, I, I don't like to look at his life as somebody that, like, when you know, I don't like to look at someone's life based on how they died or the bad decisions they made. I, people, at least the people that I I know, people I interact with, they people are just trying to lead good lives mm-hmm. for themselves for others. If we keep looking at people based on the problems that they have or the mistakes that they make. I mean, 
that's not really a community, is it? <laughs> no, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. So yeah, it's tough because I I certainly know a lot of people who see people like this conception of people as as a negative thing where the defaults are negative where like what they're pushing for is negative and it's not oh people are just trying to live their lives and live a decent life and look out for themselves and look out for the people they love that sort of thing and it's sad because there are so many negative consequences to those beliefs right like when you think that people are bad then you're less willing to engage in them and form those communities form better connections with people form mm. better relationships etc so it's 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 sad for me when I see people who see people as like these naturally bad mm. things versus people who are just trying to do good and live well. Yeah, and I th- I think it, to touch on that, Matt, I think that not just bad, but also looking at people through the lenses of other people, like seeing somebody and not really knowing who they are, but having heard something about that person, and that could be something negative, that could be something positive. I think that one of the hard things to do, especially nowadays when we have so many other distractions, I think one of the most important things that you can do is to walk up to somebody that you don't know and actually get to know them on a first-hand basis. Mm -hmm. Because if you just live life, you know, interacting with people or not interacting with people based on what other people say, then you're really not living a life where you're letting yourself, you know, make your own decisions or form your own opinions. And I found that a lot. I mean, throughout middle school, throughout my whole life, people just, you know, people just, they look at, I don't know how to word this. A lot of times people can look at somebody, and I'm guilty of this myself, um, just through the little interaction they've had with them or even just the things that people have said about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and just it, make I mean, immediate judgment. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that the, you know, I think that the, the worst thing that you can do, um, if in a relationship is to not talk, not act, not, um, interact, none of that, just go up and speak to them. Just get mm-hmm. to know them. I mean, if there's some awkwardness between some people, just go up and get to know them. They're, they're probably not bad people. I mean, mm-hmm. I've found that even people that do things I completely disagree with have some, you know, have good redeemable food. qualities, like vegans, you know, for, <laughs> for instance. But for real, you know. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> and for me, people who love me, you know, it's like... Yeah, well, sure. I don't, you know, just because I hate animals, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But... No, but I, I, th- I, think it's a, I think it's important that we get to know people before we make our judgment. And I don't mean like yeah. say hi and, and think you know them based on the first thing. Because people, people are deep. No, you need Matt, to give people You time. know that, yeah. yeah. So You need to get deep and vulnerable yeah. and be with people to really mm-hmm. understand them and to like, be able to make that sort of judgment. You yeah. know? Because we wouldn't want others to make that sort of judgment no. on us. I, I can be unfair. agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, and I guess to hop to the topic which you mentioned before of mm. education. Education. And why you're involved in education yeah. and all of that. I'd like to know a little bit more about like what led you there and it, at a little bit of a deeper level and then what impacts you hope to make through that. And also what's it like, you know, going through school to be a teacher and then being in environments to be a teacher where... Mm. Like there aren't a lot of men present. Mm. 
Well, what led me to want to teach elementary schoolers is kind of kind of goes along with a lot of the social anxiety things that came about in middle school and high school. And um, I find it a lot easier to interact with and be my crazy um, energetic self around kids and be more creative around kids. And I don't know, naturally, as I grew up, I just realized that and people would tell me, wow, you're really, really good with kids or wow, you actually genuinely enjoy hanging around kids. Other people would be like, why, why are you, why are you hanging around? That's really weird. You're, you know, sure. you know, yeah. seeing a, a guy hang around with like, you know, six or seven year olds, you know, it can seem a little weird at times, yeah, you know, and yeah, totally. And I, I, I can, I can understand that from that standpoint, I guess it is stereotypical, but you know, yeah. but um, so, I mean, I just naturally, I feel like I click better with kids and other people mm-hmm. told me the same thing. And so when I entered college, I just tried to think of, you know, do I want to live a life dedicated to serving kids um, and kind of doing the same thing that I had a lot of right my role models do, which is help me choose right from wrong. Teach me, um, teach me not just about subjects, but about life and make it enjoyable and entertaining. Um, and do I want to continue to be able to see life as something that is to be enjoyed and something that is to be explored every day? And if I'm around kids, I'm definitely going to be doing that because Mm -hmm. kids are just every single day, Matt, every single day, they are just taking it all this knowledge and just absorbing it all even if they don't want to they're absorbing it all and they're just learning 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 and if you put yourself in an environment like that then you've got some i mean i'll have what 20 good role models in my maybe not good role models but i'll have 20 role models on how to view life yeah absolutely in a classroom Mm -hmm. so it really stemmed originally from who i interact best with um and then i think over time it just divulged into um, do I love teaching? Which I do. I, I love going into classrooms. And my favorite thing, Matt, is just see, is uh, is when a kid is on the uh, crest, uh, precipice. Yeah. That, that, is, that, yeah. is that the way you put it? Yeah, or the yeah. cliff or something? I don't yeah. know. Of like understanding something that like right at the aha moment. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and just helping them get like right over that little hump. Yeah. And, until the, so that they can understand it. And just like seeing the satisfaction on their face when they get it. There's nothing better than that. Nothing better than a kid finally understanding something that they struggle with. Just like there's nothing better than when you or me um, finally understand something that our professor keeps throwing at us. Sure. You know, it's just a really great moment of relief, and you're just so proud of them. So. Sure. Um, no, that's awesome. It's just a good leadership role, really. Um, being a male in the elementary education program, I'm surrounded by a lot of girls. Some would say that's uh, awesome. I there's just my classmates. I mean, I have a girlfriend, so it's not yeah. anything. I I see them as people that I can learn from and people that I'm learning with. Sure. Um, I'm I'm interested to see how it'll go though. In when I enter a school environment. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I I've substitute taught, and a lot of the women have friend groups um amongst grade levels and stuff yeah. and i i don't know i don't, I don't know how that'll go mm-hmm. but i am entering teaching for the kids so yeah if everybody has the common goal 
you know. Yeah. Hopefully we'll you get along. Be able to bond over that. Hopefully, yeah. yeah. That'd be the that'd be the general idea, Matt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting, and and I guess an interesting question is, like, over time, you know, after you've been teaching for a while, like where mm-hmm. where do you see yourself? So what are what are other things that you that you aspire to outside of just the teaching and. And are there things connected to that which you would do well, in your outside time? I, so I went to Spain for two months and my main goal, well, for two reasons, it was a mission internship. One, I wanted to get closer to God because when my dad left ministry, I felt like part of my relationship with God went missing. And so I went there to kind of try to find that um, on my own. But two, and this was the other big reason, was to learn Spanish and... I'm sure it's no surprise to anybody that we have a growing Hispanic population in the United States. It's shouldn't if it's a surprise to you. I I recommend you pick up a newspaper or turn on a TV or just come out of whatever box you're living in because we have I mean there are so many Hispanics coming into the United States. I saw graphs and um projections for how many Hispanics we'll have in about 2025 or something Mm -hmm. and it's staggering I mean the the percentage change but um I want to be able to reach out to the kids that speak Spanish but also the parents that Mm -hmm. speak Spanish and and be able to be accessible to them uh, but also not expect them to have to conform to me yeah um Hispanics in the United States as of right now already have to conform to the English standards of the world and if I want this kid to be comfortable in my own classroom Mm -hmm. if I want these parents to be comfortable with this teacher that's going to be seeing their kid for eight nine hours a day then I want to be able to communicate with them as comfortable Mm -hmm. as comfortably as possible I mean Matt I've spoken to you in Spanish a couple of times I'm not perfect at it but Mm -hmm. like but you, you know. make an effort and you yeah. put yourself out there versus a lot of people who I know who are learning Spanish who don't. Um, and that oh. that's the symbol of the mm-hmm. that's the symbol of the effort that you're putting in and, and how much it means to you and what you really want to do, which is like build those connections and, and improve your skills so that you can do what you're talking mm-hmm. about. It's hard to put yourself out there and it made me realize how hard it is for a lot of these Hispanic families to put themselves out there to learn English. I mean, it's really scary and nervous. I'm still a little nervous to talk to strangers mm-hmm. in Spanish because, I mean, it goes back to the judgment thing and the social, a little bit of social anxiety, but still, it's, learning a new language is really tough. Yeah. And I can, I can, I can empathize with that more for kids. But yes, I mean, I, my whole focus on teaching and entering teaching is the student, is the kid. I mean, first and foremost and so Spanish would be at the heart of that what I do with it I'm not sure yet uh, my end aspirations is one day to become a principal of some mm-hmm. kind and sure. if I can use Spanish to reach out into communities then I mean that would be uh, be something that I can bring to the table so maybe I go down to Central America and help yeah. out there I mean mm-hmm. Places, Hispanic countries are looking for people that speak English to teach English in the schools. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, and it's interesting, even when, when I think about it in terms of the language part, a lot of people think a lot about the language part and needing to know the language. And, and I also think in terms of like what you do and what you want to be doing in terms of connecting through the language, 
you also need those those cultural things right understanding how their culture may be you know like clashing a little bit with the american culture that they're coming into and Mm. and not feeling comfortable with that transition because i certainly know i mean that the family center versus the individual center is, Mm. is very different especially in the states versus latin america and it's it's very interesting for mm. me to to think about how that transition is for a family or for a kid who you know their life is centered all around their family and, and the people they're around and and to mm. to to best work with with those people together so interdependence versus you know in the states that individualism independence mm-hmm. sort of mindset and pri- priority so yeah i i really think that the culture part is is critical when you consider mm-hmm. being able to connect with those families through yeah, language. Yeah, sort of that clash of culture sort yeah. of thing too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, knowing Spanish and being able to do that, and one of the things that they talk about in education that isn't necessarily necessarily necessary um, is offering, I mean, offering to go into homes too. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes parents will invite you into homes and whatnot. Yeah. And something, you know, you talk about cultures and whatnot. A lot of these Hispanic cultures inviting people into their homes and whatnot that's a big part of family that's a big part of getting to know people Mm -hmm. if you want to go into people's homes and if you want to be a part of that culture the best thing to do is to in my opinion is to be able to communicate with them in their own home i mean i wouldn't want to go into their home and force them to speak english i mean just like i wouldn't want them to come into my home and force me to speak spanish sure sure (laughs) yeah um, well, at this point in time, right? Yeah. Well, at this point in time, I wouldn't mind it as much, but you know, I know other other uh, other people that are still learning Spanish or that don't know Spanish, mm-hmm. it might make them a little uncomfortable. And I feel like I mean, that that's the other thing too is if you're not learning Spanish, that's fine, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but just be aware that um that we need to be patient with um parents like that and the last thing we want to do is turn a parent away from wanting to come in and yeah. be involved with their student and if you show patience and tolerance for people that are struggling and are not used to the culture and might feel nervous or awkward mm-hmm. if you take the time to get to know them if you take the time to talk with them and maybe slow down for them yeah. you can build a solid foundation that's one of the most important things Matt is mm-hmm. to be is to have that parent teacher team working for the child goes back you know goes back to getting to know people yeah absolutely because anytime you can form relationships with others and Mm -hmm. spend time with others and and create something that is valuable between people Mm -hmm. then you're going to you know they're going to be more motivated to do things for you right when when people see value in you and, and, and understand you and and see what you're doing then and and they understand it then exactly they're more willing to take that extra step for you or if if you ask for something from them they're they're more likely to do something for you rather than mm-hmm. if they have no context on you they don't understand mm-hmm. you they don't understand what you're doing right and to take it a step further if the child's not doing well in school or if they're making bad choices if they're choosing to uh, subscribe to a behavior that is not becoming of them sure. then if you have that parent on your side who th- they'd be more willing to not side with their child but to team up with the teacher to try to solve these problems with the kid sure and 
that's kind of something I've realized is to in order to help the kid, you've got to go through the parent. Yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> you you'll, you only have them for so much time. Bear, you can't right? help the mama. Uh, you can't help the baby bear until you've gone through the mama bear sort yeah. of situation. So no, yeah, because you only have them for so much time. And yeah, exactly. And they go home to their family every day. They they're at home with their family during the weekend. Mm-hmm. They're at home with their family during every single vacation mm-hmm. they have. You know, it's a lot of time, and it's a lot more time than you're going to have with them. So if you can establish those connections and make something meaningful, then you could potentially be making impacts that last longer than when they're your student because you could affect the parent, which changes the way in which they interact with their kid, which I think is really powerful. Yeah. Well, Matt, I'll I'll say one more. uh, Well, maybe not one more thing, but I'll say this. Another thing that people have brought up to me in terms of culture, depending on where I teach... um, a lot of people, when they find out that I'm teaching, going to be teaching elementary education, bring up, it's something along the lines of, oh, you're a male in elementary education. Oh, we need more males in elementary education. You can be such a great male role model. A lot of kids, a lot of these young boys especially, need a really, really great male role model. So <laughs> I don't know if I'd call myself a great male role model, first of all. I am a great male model. <laughs> but I'm a great male role model. I don't know is becoming a me. But I will say this. I understand where they're coming from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to say that there is a crisis in the United States. Uh-huh. I, I don't know if there is or is not. Mm-hmm. I do know that there are... If It depends on the school system, but there are many students that grow up with single parents, oftentimes single mothers... Yeah. I like to call them double parents because they're doing double the work. <laughs> no, that's, um, that's, that's completely And that's fair. really tough. I, 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 you know, I, and I commend them. That's really tough. But a lot of these students don't have a father figure. I, and I do think that is, a, is an important role to have is a strong male figure. Um, sure. Somebody that, um, as, as my father was, was an enforcer. Somebody that... If the mother couldn't get through the kids, they say, well, wait until I tell your father. And that's the person that you didn't want her to tell. Yeah. And so it was kind of like, sure. yeah, yeah, traditionally. They have, like I'm saying, there's nothing wrong with double parenting and whatnot yeah, yeah, yeah. and anything like that. Um, but even even in, not in just discipline, in a discipline sense, just so that a young boy knows how to act. In watching a man mm. um, to see how they act. Um, as an adult yeah. because as you know when we were kids we look up to adults to see how they behave because students kids want to be adults one day they yeah. want to be just like their mm-hmm. they want to be more fun than adults but they want to be like adults mm-hmm. um and so you know when i enter teaching i i, I i'm gonna feel that come on to me but at the same time i think it's gonna allow me to explore some other dynamics with some of these kids and maybe open up more relationships or a chance to inspire i don't know it depends on the age but yeah definitely i think you have tons of opportunities when when you go into something like this and there are Mm. so many different impacts you can make on you know a micro scale which can lead to like something bigger in in someone's life right and Mm -hmm. and even if if you get through to one kid like that ends up being worth it you know um, which yeah. which I think a lot of people don't appreciate because a lot of people may you know have high expectations for a teacher and and as they talk about you know you as this this like male teacher they may 
think they're yeah. like the savior, you know? <laughs> like this person who's going to come in and inspire all the young boys, but it's, it, it would, it would be quite a task to be able to, you know, develop those really strong connections and to have a deep impact on every single young student who you mm-hmm. ever have. But, you know, being able to understand how meaningful those individual impacts are on people's lives, um, and, and seeing value in that, which is something that I know you do. Um, yeah. Like all of that is really inspiring as, as you continue to move forward and do it all over again. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, so I, I think it's really noble. Well, thank um, you. What you're going into and, and the genuine motivation you have to do it versus, you know, a lot of other people who go into professions may not have this intrinsic and, and more like fulfilling desire to do something mm-hmm. versus you know in, in your case it is it's it's certainly very intrinsic you know y- you see it as a part of the person you are and and you identify with the work that you want to do which i think people can definitely resonate with definitely yeah it's a big part of me now i guess <laughs> yeah i hope that everyone going into teaching if anyone out there's listening to this and is going into teaching I just, I hope that you love kids, and I hope that, I hope that you give them chances, and you just love them, because like Matt was saying, you're not going to have them for very long, mm-hmm. so make the most of it while you do, while you have them, so. That's a really good message, Lane, and I think it's, it's a good spot to end on, too, it's a, it's a yeah. good concluding message for everyone, and I'm so honored to have taken your podcast oh well i'm so honored to have had my podcast virginity taken by you (laughs) of all people (laughs) spectacular it's been a lot of fun it really has i'm happy you've enjoyed it um maybe not the deepest podcast that you've had i know no we've gotten into some i know good james stuff, james is very <laughs> is very deep with his calvinistic approach to life um yes, but um i i did have fun and you have me thinking about things i will you've got me thinking again so good that's always good i'm happy you're thinking again because i i hope that there was a point in your life where you were thinking before i wasn't thinking tonight but then you pulled me in here and so i I, I started thinking again you got me off of my bed so thank you that's good it's it's been my pleasure pleasures okay sure it's been your pleasure (laughs) (laughs) it was my podcast virginity so it's not my pleasure (laughs) All right, right, everyone. Have a nice one. Cheers.